everyone. This is Dave Dubow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from beautiful Guanacaste, Costa Rica, we've got Mr. Mike Wolf. How are you doing today, my friend, Mike? I am doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing very, very well. So you guys, we're in for a treat today because Mike's a guy who actually does what a lot of us dream about when we get involved in real estate investing, and that is to have not just money freedom, not just time freedom, but also location freedom. So Mike is probably the best example I know of for just saying, screw it. I'm going to go live life the way I want to live it, wherever the heck I want to live it, however long I want to live there. And he's bounced around all over the place. Last time I talked to Mike, he had been living in Mexico for a long time. Now he's been in Costa Rica for a, for a couple of months, planning on sticking around down there for a while. We might get together at Christmas time in Mexico. So he's definitely a real estate nomad. So Mike, let's talk a little bit about how you were able to set your life up this way. How long, first of all, how long have you been doing this nomad thing? It seems like a long time. Yeah, well, I've been doing it pretty much full-time for seven years. COVID, of course, put a little dent in that, but uh, seven years, if you take that out of the equation and on a lesser scale, probably for nine or 10 years now. But my daughter was very young when I first started being a semi-nomad. And so I had to obviously have a little stability. But once she discovered other boys and forgot about her dad, it opened up the, uh, gave me another piece of freedom to just go do what I want. Very, very cool. So what was it that kind of sparked that desire to start traveling around? Because it, if you know, I didn't know you back in the day when you were a diehard workaholic, but I think you were. One back, back. I, I definitely was, and yeah, it was so unnecessary. I was always brought up, you know, Mike, you're you're the the guy. You got to go and provide, and you got to go work hard. That's not the stuff I'm teaching my daughter and grandkids. I'm teaching you got to work smart, and use leverage, and and don't work hard. But I think it all stems back. I, I remember when I graduated high school and I was going into university. I was planning actually on going to Europe. I had no idea how I was going to do it because I didn't have any money, but I was going to just figure it out and work as I go. And my mother really was opposed to that. She talked me out of it. Mm. And by the time I graduated from university, without that break, I went straight from high school. I was kind of feeling burnt out. And, but of course, by then I was even more broke because I had all those student loans. And, you know, I never really got to do the, the travel that I wanted when I was younger. And the first chance I got, once I got the, the financial freedom and the time freedom, it's like, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to make up for all that lost time. And maybe I'm overcompensating, but I'm loving every minute of it. Well, that is interesting because I, I, I did something similar, but out of out of university, I was fortunate. My mother was pretty supportive of the whole idea. In fact, she'd buttered off and moved down to Mexico by that time herself. Took early retirement, lived down there. So I ended up spending two and a half years right out of university, traveling around Mexico and Central America. I was planning to head all the way down to, you know, the end of South America. Didn't make it that far. Made it as far as Costa Rica, where you're at right now but absolutely loved that lifestyle for two and a half years. I think what was missing for me at that point that you've got dialed in is, is having a reason, having, having something productive to do in addition to kind of traveling around. So what does life look like for you these days when you're living this nomadic lifestyle? So right now you're in, you're in a beautiful area of Costa Rica on the beach what are you doing with most of your time, most of the days, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I actually spoke, this is actually my TED topic, and it's all about happiness and fulfillment. And to me, 
you know, when I was younger, I was always chasing the money and hence why I became a workaholic. I thought you always have to keep chasing that money, keep chasing it. And as time went on, I realized that you don't have to chase the money. There's ways to create passive income, have the money coming in on autopilot. And what do you do with your time? Once you've got your your money coming in without you having to trade your time for it anymore, it, it opens up the opportunity to chase things such as happiness, which for me comes, I love being near nature, like the water and rainforest and volcanoes, which of course Costa Rica is a perfect place for, but also giving back. I do a lot of give back stuff. I do a lot of volunteering. And that's where I get fulfillment from is making a difference in other people's lives. And, you know, once you get that freedom, it allow you know, the, the, once the money's on autopilot and once you have that uh, freedom, it doesn't just mean that you go and hang out on, on yachts all day and drive fancy cars. And to me, that that's kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about the difference that you make and how you help other people. And to me, I, I wish there was a such thing as, you know, we all look at our bank account, we measure how much money we've got, but I wish we had like a happiness account and we mm-hmm. had a fulfillment account. And if everything was in balance in there, I think we'd all be a lot happier. And that's that's really what I'm chasing now is, is just trying to make a difference and, and take time to recharge the batteries and not just be focusing on work all day long. What kind of volunteer stuff do you like to do when you're traveling around? Yeah, well, obviously COVID's limited that once again, because yeah. I mean, you know, I took my expertise in real estate after Hurricane Katrina, for example, and uh, built a team in, in New Orleans and we uh, fixed up a whole bunch of homes, brought a bunch of people back. That's my favorite real estate project I've ever done. And I've done a lot of projects where I made a heck of a lot more money because that was more that was a give back project and didn't have to work nearly as hard. But that's the one that stands out for me because it made the biggest impact. And I still, when I go back to New Orleans, I get to see some of the families whose lives I changed. They got you know, moved to a different city. They couldn't, couldn't afford to come back and we were able to make a difference. But I've also gone to places where they got hit by hurricanes and, and myself and some other entrepreneurs raised a bunch of money, bought water filters and, and brought them clean drinking water. Uh, here in Costa Rica, there's a, uh, an orphanage that I went to a number of years ago that I want to go back to now that I'm back here and just played with the kids and brought them, brought them gifts. And, and uh, these kids, their uh, parents were going through the court system to see if they were fit to be parents. And a lot of them had drug issues or they committed a crime or they were abusive. And so, you know, when you see these young little kids they have no idea what's going on. And here they are in an orphanage. It just makes you really yeah. sad and also feel blessed that, you know, I didn't, I was lucky enough to have a great family. I didn't, I didn't have any of that hardship. And just once again, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you can buy yourself with the money that's going to give you the same fulfillment as doing things like those. Yeah. Beautiful. Very, very well said. All right. Let's talk a little bit about practicalities when you're living this nomadic lifestyle. So are you basically, you know, a suitcase and a and a laptop kind of guy or a backpack and a laptop kind of guy now? Or what does your entourage look like when you're traveling and living like no, this? I'm definitely not a, a backpacker. Never really have been. I kind of, There's certain luxuries I need, like hot water. I know I'm a princess. I like hot water. <laughs> I definitely have to have Wi-Fi because I still do some business and like to be on shows like yours. And it would be obviously impossible if I was living in the middle of the rainforest somewhere with no technology. But yeah, I mean, basically I've got uh, one big suitcase, which is filled with uh, clothes. I've got the biggest carry-on that you're allowed by the airlines, and that's filled with more clothing and toiletries. Um, and then I've got what I call my uh, uh, what I call my Apple bag, and that's pretty much every Apple product because I'm I guess they've got me wrapped around their finger. But yeah, that's all just all my electronic goodies and the stuff that helps me to keep in touch and do my and do uh, business from uh, wherever I'm at. 
Uh, so for how long I go at a time, I, I pack pretty light, I think. Yeah. I have actually less than some women bring in shoes. But yeah, it's not super light. I'm not one of those you know, people that has like one pair of jeans and a t-shirt and sandals. I wish I could, but that's just not me. That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there, this is Dave Debo, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio, and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's book at chatwithdave.com. Well, dude, yeah, that's how I traveled that two and a half years was with a little backpack. It was the most freedom I ever felt in my entire life. Was I'm just envious having... of people like that. I'm envious. Well, yeah, I, I can't do it now. I can't because yeah. <laughs> I, I was that was traveling on the cheap and living in crappy places and all that stuff. I remember it's kind of funny, Mike. After I got divorced, I decided to 2013, I guess, decided to do a little backpacky type trip, went to Nicaragua had all these memories of me as 21, 22 year old Dave. <laughs> so I spent traveling pretty light. So I decided to try the chicken bus route and, and stuff like that. I hated it. I, 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 <laughs> I, think I hate that too. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hack it. So I said, screw this close to 50 at that time. Let's fast forward. We can still have fun, but we don't have to live that backpack lifestyle anymore. That was good at that time. So. Don't feel guilty about that, my friend. In my travels, I meet a lot of these backpackers and I wish I could travel that light. I really do because, you know, it was very therapeutic, by the way, because in, in previous life that I used to have pre-travel, I used to have like every toy you could imagine. I had, you know, I had the really big house and the fancy cars and every, you know, every, every toy that a guy could possibly want. And when I changed to this lifestyle, I gave a lot of it away. And it was very, very therapeutic. It actually felt better than when I acquired it to get rid of it, ironically. And so I, I consider myself, you know, fair, fairly, I guess, agile because I don't really have that much stuff. I find sometimes our our possessions, we become weigh you down, man. by them and slaves to them. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that much, but compared to some people I see definitely doing, that are still traveling here during these uh, COVID times, a lot of them. I said, you know, where's the rest of your stuff? It's like, they've got everything in this in a little, I don't know how they do it. I've never, I've never been able to do that, but I wish I could because it's such a pain moving these suitcases sometimes. <laughs> well, it still sounds like you're doing pretty good on the minimalist side. So Mike, how do you manage your portfolio? Because uh, I know you do a, you know, taking away all the, the teaching and the training and the coaching you do, which is, you know, a, a big part of your business, but focusing primarily just on the real estate side of things. You got a couple of things on the go. You got a portfolio of of rental properties, I believe, all across the states, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, across the states. And there's also, I still have some in Canada that I bought a long time ago. I haven't bought anything in Canada in quite some time. But in any case, I, I do have quite a few all over the US because I've worked in numerous different states over the years. And I've got teams, every market I'm in, I've got teams that look after my properties. Uh, they have very strict instructions not to bug me unless... If something major or somebody dies, if there's a fire, yes, let me know. If it's a broken appliance or somebody's a day late with rent, I don't really need to know about it. Just uh, deal with it. And so I've really empowered my teams. It's one thing to have teams, but what I find is a lot of people, they micromanage their teams. And I used to be guilty of that too. But when you do that, you don't really have, you still don't have the freedom. So I've got uh, teams that handle almost everything, not just the property management, but almost everything within my businesses for me. 
And there's very few people that this is really important. There's very few people that actually report to me and they manage the other people. And they're instructed just to let me know if there's emergencies. Otherwise, I don't really want to know. I don't need to know. So that's beautiful. So you are really set up where you've got regular weekly meetings with certain staff members or monthly meetings or something like that. It's just like if the crap hits the fan, let me know. Otherwise, no news is good news. Is that pretty much? Yeah, right? Well, you know, the ironic thing is I'm usually the uh, person that's holding up my business because a lot of times my, my team bosses me around. So my marketing people say, Mike, remember you're supposed to send us a video. And it's like, oh yes, I was supposed to send a video. So I'm always the one holding things up. They actually know what they're doing way better than I do. And uh, so in reality, yes, they, they make everything, everything runs very smoothly. And if I actually did have meetings, I'd probably just be slowing everybody down. It's like, so once in a while we have just, uh, you know, maybe once every couple of months, just a general meeting because they basically want to know what I feel like doing, what my, you know, how much time I'm willing to put into things, for example, whether I want to do an event or not. So they sometimes want to know kind of what's in, in my brain, but I never call a meeting. They usually call a meeting. Makes sense. Now, when it comes to your real estate stuff or your business stuff in general, you know, I'm looking around. I got a crap ton of stuff, papers and files and all books and, and all this kind of stuff that's weighing me down, cluttering up my life. How did you get rid of all of that stuff? And, and how are you managing that kind of stuff with this nomadic lifestyle? Yeah, well, luckily we have these things that like every book I have uh, that I love is on Kindle, every piece of music, every... Like these devices are amazing. I've got my whole life between my computer and my, my and my phone. I've got everything on there. All the, all the old papers and whatnot. I still I'm still keeping them if they're important if I need to keep them. But a lot of it's over at my brother's place and and uh, the storage. I've got, or I've got some other clothing as well. That's you know at uh, some of it's in in Canada at my brother's place. Some of it's in California at some friends. Because sometimes I get sick of what I've got. So the places I go to that I end up semi frequently. I have little things stored here and there, but overall I've just learned to do everything electronically pretty much. And yeah, I'm so glad I don't have all that paper anymore because it was just a mess. So do you have most of your business stuff like in the cloud? Are you, are you, well, you're an Apple guy, so I'm not sure what you, if you use the G Suite or, or whatnot for storing stuff or what, what do you do with all your documents and all that kind of stuff? I don't even know what I use. I just know that somehow all my things get backed up and when I lose my or my computer breaks and I get a new one and I type in my password, everything just shows back up there again. I don't know how my team sets that all up for me. So I don't know exactly what we're doing, but I just know that it always seems to be there. And uh, like, I wish I could say I'm the big mastermind genius behind all this. I've got amazing people that make this life possible for me. And if it weren't for them, to be honest, I probably would not be able to, you know, at least not to this extent, be able to you know do the travel and and uh, but yeah that they've definitely got my back. So I'm very well. Fortunate. Then that brings up a good question. So I know you've got a whole team around your your coaching and training and and that sort of thing. But who was the person or who was the team person that got you all set up electronically? So you didn't you know you didn't have everything cluttering up a computer. And if you fell in the ocean when you went scuba diving, it wouldn't be the end of the world and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well it's it's interesting because one one of my if we, if we go way back in time, one of my good friends, we have a mutual friend named Debbie, who I actually met her in Calgary at a, uh, it was a meetup group. It had nothing to do with real estate. It was just like pub night or something. And so she said, uh, so what do you do? And I said, I'm, you know, I'm a real estate investor. And at the time I was speaking across Canada for yeah. 
very well-known group. I won't mention their name because I don't really promote them. But in any case, she goes, oh, you know, how, how big is your list? I go, list of what? Back in those days, I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, list of clients. And I don't have a list. I said, I have a stack of business cards this high, but I don't have any. I don't really know what you mean by that. And so she was the one who first taught me about this online stuff. And we took those business cards, turned it into the first, my first email list. But over, over time, she helped me a lot with a lot of these uh, techie sort of things that I didn't know. And then since then, I've got numerous other people on my team that keep me really organized. Uh, I've got somebody named Eva in Frankfurt, who's an amazing marketer, but she's also really good with all the tech stuff. And she, uh, she makes sure everything's going properly in the, in the background. I don't even know my password to half the stuff that I'm on. Uh, but I, once again, you know, I, I just owe so much to... And I, I think sometimes the universe just puts the right people on your path and the right opportunities. And to me, it almost feels like magic. Like I didn't really go looking for this stuff. It just, you know, as I took one step, well, all of a sudden the answer to whatever, you know, I needed to get to that next step always seemed to appear. And so I just feel very blessed, I guess. And, but yeah, I've got a lot of great people that make this possible. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, Mike, thank you very much for sharing a little bit about your lifestyle and how you're able to to manage things and not just, and to thrive while you're on the road like you are. And, you know, I know you put on lots of events and trainings and webinars and workshops while you, it doesn't really matter where the heck you are, you're, you're able to do it. So hats off to you for that. And if people want to find out more about Mike Wolf and, and what you're up to, what should they do? Yeah, they can send an email to info at mikewolfmastery.com. Or I've got an ebook that talks about some of the top strategies if you want to get into or get to the next level in real estate. And every single one of them can be done, even if you're a nomad, if you get the right team. So I'm sure we can include a link for that if you don't mind. And sure. uh, everybody's welcome to have that. And they can also check out my website, which is MikeWolfMastery.com. Beautiful. Mike, thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. And we're going to see you in Mexico in December. I can't wait, my friend. Looking forward to it. All right, everybody. Take care. See you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at Investor Attraction Book. Dot com. Again, investorattractionbook.com. Take care.